Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is our gospel lesson, but especially verses 4 and 5 of Matthew 11, where Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Thus far the text, dear friends in Christ. In addition to all the chairs that we have in the chancel for today's music at St. Paul's service, did you notice anything else different here this morning? There's a not-so-subtle hint on the front of your bulletin cover for today. Today, on this third Sunday in Advent, instead of lighting a third blue candle, we instead have lighted the pink or the rose-colored candle. And that is because traditionally, the third Sunday in Advent is known as Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete Sunday being a Latin for rejoice or joy. And so on this third Sunday in Advent, this Gaudete Sunday, we rejoice with Christians around the world as the celebration of our Lord's coming draws closer and closer. But in our gospel lesson for today, there was not much joy, especially for John the Baptist. He had been in prison for more than a year by this time for objecting to an improper marriage between Herod, the Roman ruler of Judea, and Herodias, the wife of his brother. John was in no position to rejoice. Instead, he sends messengers to Jesus and asks a question that, quite frankly, is troubling and hard for us to hear. That question, are you the one who is to come, or should we look for another? Was John the Baptist actually doubting or questioning the identity of Jesus as the coming Messiah? John the Baptist of anyone should have been firm and solid in his conviction that, yes, Jesus is, in fact, the coming Messiah. And there's no need to look for anyone else. After all, Remember the incident that occurred more than 30 years prior to our text, when Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, and her cousin, Virgin Mary, came pregnant with Jesus in order to visit with Elizabeth. And Luke records how the Holy Spirit entered Elizabeth, and the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. Or 30 years later, as Jesus comes to be baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, we read that God, the one who sent John, told John that the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest, he is the one who will come to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And then John makes this confession, I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. 
or another incident. In John 1, verse 29, when Jesus is approaching John the Baptist, he declares for all around him to hear, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's this same John the Baptist who sends messengers to Jesus asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect another? Now, historically, some people have tried to soften the blow of this question, insisting that John was not asking this question for himself. He was asking for the benefit of those messengers and others around who would have heard Jesus' response. In other words, it wasn't that John the Baptist was doubting or questioning at all. He wanted his messengers and any other bystanders to hear Christ's response to that question and be strengthened and edified as a result. And while we have to admit that that could be a possibility, yet there is nothing in our text that would suggest that that was what John the Baptist had in mind when he sent those messengers. If, in fact, John the Baptist is doubting, is questioning at this point, it has to be the result of Satan working on him. For Satan loves to take what we can hear and see and use it as the soil in which he plants seeds of doubt, seeds of questions. John the Baptist, sitting there in prison for more than a year, must have thought that this sure doesn't look like what I expected was going to happen when the Messiah would come. Where is, in fact, judgment upon evil? And why is this evil seeming to prosper? Where is the power and the glory of God's rule and reign? And Satan can do the very same thing with us, if we're not careful, taking what we hear and what we see and planting the seeds of doubt. We look around us and we see things in our culture that the Bible clearly identifies as wrong, clearly identifies as sin and things that are displeasing to God. And not only are these same things condoned, but they are promoted by many. Or we look around us and we see that those who are blatantly non-Christian are thriving, some of them, flourishing, not seeming to have a care in the world, while at the same time, some Christians are struggling mightily. Satan can take what we hear and what we see and plant there the seeds of doubt and the seeds of questioning. It is his method of operation, after all, to plant those seeds of doubt and question. Remember how he operated with our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the Garden of Eden? God told Adam and Eve they could eat of any tree of the garden, just not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For God said, in the day you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And along comes Satan and says, did God really say you can't eat from any tree of the garden? And when Eve responds with exactly what God had said, 
Satan outright lies to her and says, you surely will not die. And we know what happened, unfortunately, after that. And so if John the Baptist in our text is actually questioning, is actually doubting, it has to be the work of Satan upon him, for it is the work of Satan to create doubt and questions concerning Christ. And it is good for us to be forewarned that that is his method of operation, for he will try to do the very same thing with all of us and with all Christians. The one who Peter describes as one roaming around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour will plant those seeds of doubt and question in us as well. Hoping against hope that someday he could get us to the point that we would ask the same question concerning Jesus. Are you the one who is to come or shall we expect another? But fear not, there is no need to look for another. In fact, on this Gaudete Sunday, I invite you to hear and to see and to rejoice in the response that Jesus gives to these messengers from John the Baptist. Now, Jesus could have very easily, matter-of-factly, and bluntly told these messengers, yes, I am the one who is to come. Go back and tell John, yes, I am the one who is to come. There's no need to look for any other. Jesus confirms that he is the one to come, but does it in a different way. He refers to his actions, to what is happening around him. He responds to these messengers by saying, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus is responding with exactly what the Old Testament predicted the coming Messiah would do. It's what the prophets in the Old Testament said was going to happen through the Messiah and around the Messiah when he actually came. In fact, our Old Testament lesson has some of these very same predictions in it from the prophet Isaiah. Just one line of our Old Testament lesson. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. Now these messengers could go back to John the Baptist, rejoicing in what they had heard and what they had seen. Now John, even sitting there in prison, maybe not able to understand what is happening, could still rejoice in what these messengers said they had heard and seen in Jesus. Because what these messengers had heard and seen in Jesus confirms that he is the one to come. There is no need to look for another. On this Gaudete Sunday, I would invite you also to hear and see and rejoice in your Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Hear and see the one who was there at the very creation of the world, the one through whom everything was created that was created, now coming into his creation to undo everything that sin and Satan had done to that creation. Hear and see the one who proclaimed and demonstrated his authority over life and death by raising three people that we know of from death to life again, yet voluntarily laying down his own life so that we might have life in the presence of God for an eternity. Hear and see the one who healed so many people of their illnesses and diseases as he walked this earth, giving us just a glimpse, just a peek at what it's going to be like on that ultimate day of healing when he returns. All of these things are reason to rejoice. Obviously, we are not sitting in prison as John the Baptist was, but whatever your circumstance this morning, whatever your situation in life, whatever your challenge, whatever your burden, I encourage you to hear and see your Savior, Jesus Christ, and to rejoice in him, for he is the one to come, and there is no need to see another. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.